Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 25th of August. A Sydney woman aged in her 30s has become the youngest female to die from COVID in New South Wales as the number of patients in intensive care skyrockets. The mum of three from Sydney's West died of COVID at home. It's understood her husband, who is also COVID positive, is now fighting for life in hospital. Meantime, a major Sydney hospital has been forced into emergency operations mode as it struggles to cope with an increasing number of COVID patients. The Sydney Morning Herald is reporting Westmead Hospital has told its staff it will be reducing the number of COVID cases arriving by ambulance for 24 hours and transferring several critical patients to other hospitals. There are now 600 patients in hospital with COVID in New South Wales and 107 are in intensive care. New South Wales yesterday recorded a slight dip in COVID cases with 753 new infections recorded, but the state's top doctor says it's still too early to tell if numbers are trending down. New South Wales Chief Health Officer Dr Kerry Chant with this warning that we're in for the long haul. The world is grappling with how we coexist with COVID. And this virus may throw us curveballs. There may be, you know, we've got the Delta variant. God help us if we have another variant. Meantime, Western New South Wales remains on high alert with a concerning jump in cases and COVID spreading further into regional towns. Victoria is ramping up its rollout of vaccinations, opening up an extra 800,000 jabs for residents. More than half will be Pfizer appointments available for 18 to 59-year-olds. The booking system crashed due to demand yesterday but is set to reopen again this morning. It comes as Victoria recorded 50 new COVID cases yesterday with exposure sites now breaching more than 700, including a number of venues in Shepparton. Daniel Andrews says it's madness to open up before vaccination rates hit 80%. I'm not pleased to be in this position. You know, If we could send it, send it back to Sydney where it came from, we would. But we can't do that. That, that. that isn't the way this works. You don't get to have the Delta variant kind of bubble along. Oh, we can just keep it at 20 a day. No, you can't. And concerns are growing over the COVID outbreak in the ACT, with another 30 infections recorded yesterday, the Territory's highest since the start of this latest cluster. Here's epidemiologist Professor Nancy Baxter. But I am concerned that it means there's a there's a new chain of transmission that they've identified and that that could represent considerable spread in the community. So I think, you know, we'll know in the next couple of days what that means. Um, hopefully that's not what it means, but, you know, that is a concern that I have. And as debate continues over Australia easing COVID restrictions and opening up, it's feared our disability sector has been left behind. While many NDIS participants aged between 12 and 15 are now eligible for the Pfizer jab, there are concerns over low vaccination rates. People with Disability Australia President Samantha Connor says we need to make sure everyone is safe before we even think about opening up. We can't start talking about opening up and 70% targets and that kind of thing if the people who are the most at risk of both getting and dying from um, COVID are going to be, um, you know, put at risk if that decision is made. 
And in other news this Wednesday morning, more torrential rain and freezing temperatures are on the way after a weather bomb hit many parts of the East Coast. Sydney yesterday recorded its coldest August day in almost 60 years. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground and to Queensland and the state has recorded new locally acquired cases of COVID after two truck drivers tested positive after travelling into the state. Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk says the positive tests were picked up as part of routine testing but authorities are not overly concerned. Our reporter David Shiraz has more from Brisbane. Good morning, Tash. While the drivers, one from the sunny coast and the other from Somerset, haven't been to too many locations and have mainly just been with their family. That's the info that has the Chief Health Officer, Jeanette Young, so confident that this isn't the beginning of a large cluster, but she admits more cases are possible. Now, it's not expected these new cases will threaten the planned relaxation of restrictions in Queensland come Friday, but masks may remain in some form. To Victoria, and the latest NAPLAN test results have been released, and it's not all bad news. Despite Victorian students spending more than 120 days learning from home since the pandemic started, scores in most areas have actually gone up. James Lake is in Melbourne and has this breakdown. The turn of events might have some parents considering the benefits of homeschooling, Tash. Victorian primary students achieved the best NAPLAN results in the country this year. Grade 3s and 5 students have recorded improvements in their reading scores, while Year 7s have also improved in their writing skills. The only skill area to go backwards was in our Year 9 writing skills. The full breakdown of the data will be made available to the public later on this year. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. And Scott, supply chains are already stretched thanks to COVID and some truckies are set to strike on Friday after enterprise bargaining talks collapsed and others may join. Yeah, Tash, good morning. It'd be nice to have some good news to start with, wouldn't it? But it turns out that the toll truckies, about 7,000 of them, are set to strike on Friday. The enterprise bargaining talks, as you say, did collapse. They want 3%. Toll wants to offer them 2%. The union want to ban on low-paid, low-wage workers. And, of course, the, the toll wants to keep its cost down. It looks like at the moment, unless something happens at the last minute, that will end up with a strike on Friday. And apparently another 8,000 or so truckies across another four companies may actually join that action either on Friday or subsequently as talks with their appropriate trucking firms also collapse. It's a tough one, right? If you think, well, in the middle of COVID, guys, what are you doing? On the, on the same token, if the company's using COVID as a cover to, to not give them the opportunity to bargain strongly, I guess it's a tough one. But it may be just more dramas, more hassle, and frankly, it's exactly the last thing we need right now. Yeah, absolutely. Now, some businesses are doing it really tough at the moment with COVID, Scott, but there is a silver lining here. COVID has seen a surge in startups. It was just really cool. And one of those recession effects, we also know it happened, by the way, during the GFC, a whole lot of businesses, even big businesses, were born during the GFC with people thrown out of work and saying, well, hey, I guess I'll try it myself. We had more businesses formed last year than in the last 18 years. The highest yearly uh, creation of new companies, 87,000 of them were started in the last financial year. So again, yeah, maybe silver lining from COVID. Hopefully some of those businesses go on to be the big and best businesses of the next 10 or 15 years. Yeah, and another front in the ongoing trade war with China, Scott. Universities haven't had any new joint courses approved since 2019. No, look, at least we had some good news to sandwich between the bits of bad news. We know, of course, China's been playing playing merry hell with Australia's export industries to make a political point. Everything from lobsters through to barley to wine and plenty of others besides. 
new data out today says that basically universities that normally they have joint courses with China, normally an Australian uni will do a deal with a Chinese uni, create a joint course either here in Beijing or here in Australia. There's been a plenty of those created and approved for New Zealand, for the UK, for plenty of other countries besides. But it turns out not a single one for an Australian university in the last couple of years. Again, China pulling out all the stops to really make sure we feel their displeasure. Unfortunately, the university sector, which frankly we know is struggling on the back of not having foreign students coming to the country, is also struggling to get those courses approved in China itself. Scott, thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. Time for sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett, a sensational opening ceremony overnight and now the Paralympics have officially kicked off in Tokyo. Yes, good morning, Tash, that's right. And they're selling a message of hope, which we all need amongst the uh, the pandemic at the moment. Now, obviously, a little bit like the Olympics opening ceremony, this was a watered-down event. We have a record 179 athletes taking part in the Tokyo Paralympics, only two in the stadium last night, our flag bearers, wheelchair athletes Riley Batt and Danny Totoro. So those were the only two actually in the stadium, but looking forward to uh, the competition actually starting today. Yeah, wish the Aussies all the best. They are sensational role models. Also making news today in sport, Brett, the Roosters' injury crisis has deepened ahead of Friday night's blockbuster with the Bunnies. Yes, can't take a trick at the moment. Dale Copley, Adam Kieran and Nat Butcher are out of that match. The Bunnies could opt to rest Damien Cook. They have named him, but he has a slight quad issue. Tommy Turbo is back to supercharge the Seagulls lineup against the Bulldogs. Matt Dufty has been dropped by the Dragons. League legend Mark Guy says there's something to play for in every match this weekend. This round we've got some teams who are fighting to get in the eight. We've got a team like Manly and the Roosters trying to get fourth spot. So yeah. the predicament you find yourself in, that's how you pick your team accordingly. Now, on another big NRL issue. That's Curtis Scott. His contract torn up by Canberra following a recent assault charge. His teammate, well now former teammate Josh Hodgson, says his primary concern is Curtis's welfare. We spend a lot of time together, you know, all of us here in the team. So, you know, to lose someone from the team, it, it always hits home hard and, um, yeah, all the boys have just been trying to check on it, check in and see how he is. And of course, uh, Adam Elliott as well. Uh, his future unclear with the Bulldogs after he was kicked out of a Gold Coast restaurant. And Breton historic first at the Australian Football Hall of Fame ceremony last night. Yeah, that's right. F- uh, female footy pioneer Debbie Lee, the first woman to be inducted for her tireless work developing the game on and off the field. She was a star on the field and then was one of the key drivers in getting the AFLW off the ground. Jewel Brownlow medalist and premiership champ Chris Judd and former Saints skipper Nathan Burke, among the others, inducted, while a giant from the West, Merv McIntosh and South Australian coaching great Jack Oatley have been elevated to legend status. Now, one of the big things we're watching for in the finals is Lance Franklin, Eight goals away from 1,000 for the Swans. He's got an elimination final against the Giants uh, this weekend in Tasmania. And, not surprisingly, that is what he's more concerned about. No, absolutely not. I think there's a lot of talk about it. But for me, it's it's about winning. My focus is on, on this final, winning, competing and, and, and doing our best to, to get the win. Wouldn't put it past him, though, to get a bag of eight against the Giants and bring up that mark in a, in a Swans win, Tash. Absolutely. Brett, thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. And some sad news this morning with Rolling Stones drummer Charlie Watts passing away at the age of 80. The rock and roll legend is being remembered as a cherished husband, father and grandfather and one of the greatest drummers of his generation. Tributes are pouring in from right around the world, including from music royalty with the likes of Sir Paul McCartney, Sir Ringo Starr and Sir Elton John. 
And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. Stay safe. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.